0: You are listening to Mike Seminary and Friends, a Q1
1: network production.
0: Hi, I'm Deb. I'm here with my husband, Mike, the host of Mike Seminary and Friends. I'm getting ready to edit this next podcast, and I don't know much about her. Can you tell me a little bit about Heather?
1: Heather Hakes is an inspirational individual, author, podcaster, mindset coach. She just does wonderful things, helping people get to the next level. It was really fun interviewing her.
0: So an inspirational podcast. Absolutely. Awesome. Welcome to Mike Seminary and Friends.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Today I'm really thrilled to have as my guest a mindset coach, author, and fellow podcaster Heather Hanks as my guest. Heather, welcome to Mike Seminary and Friends. Thank you for taking time from your busy schedule to join me. It's great to see you. How are you?
0: Thank you so much for having me. I have to say, as a fellow podcaster, it's really nice to be on the other side.
1: <laughs> I love your podcast, it, uh, every, every and I haven't listened to all of them because you have quite a few out there yet. I I get great takeaways from everyone that you push out, just like your book, by the way, which we'll talk about in a minute. It was a great book, very helpful, very insightful. I like the way you wrote it, short to the point, kind of a chapter, page turner, really good, valuable, useful information, great quotes, the, the kind of book I think everyone should read if they're trying to make improvements in their life. And congratulations on your book, by the way. Thank you. So let's start with that, by the way, um, before we get into your background, what caused you to decide, I, I'm going to write a book and then the content for the book, Take the Leap, How I Quit Corporate and Found My Happy Place? That might give some of the background, but what caused you to do that?
0: So I have to say, it's funny how life happens because I never had a plan to write a book. It literally, it came through me. And I'll give you a little bit about the background. But I I published a book in 2018, and I'm currently 36 years old. But I've been reading personal development books since I was a teen. I, I love it. I was always seeking, you know, I was a bit of a rebel. I didn't like following the crowd, although I wanted to fit in. But I started reading these books in my teens. I'm fascinated by psychology and human potential, but I followed the norm. I went to college, I got a degree, I worked in corporate for 10 years, and I got to this point that every day felt like Groundhog Day, and I knew there must be more to life. So I took a leap of faith, no plan, quit my job. As you know, you read the book, I ended up with a six figure payout, which was my experience that the universe has your back. When you follow those intuitive nudges, which I did reluctantly, hesitantly, because, you know, we, we want stability. We And to leave a paycheck and to go into the unknown, it was really freaking scary. But I finally mustered up the confidence, and I just, I did it. I quit. I had no plan, and, well, life worked out for me. So fast forward to how I published that book. Um, it was actually, I went to Bali for yoga teacher training August of 2017. And one of my flights from Thailand to Bali was an eight hour flight. We couldn't have any entertainment. There were no videos. We couldn't use our phone. I was like, what am I supposed to do for eight hours? And it was during the day, not even an overnight. Anyway, this is where it's like, you have to trust what's going on. Trust that everything is happening for you. And I got this, it was so weird, but an intuitive nudge to get out my laptop. So I did. And I just, it it just came through me and literally for like an hour just typing crazily on the plane. I was just like downloading all these thoughts and it was like journaling and just all these things coming through. A month later, it happened again. And that's when I decided, whoa, I'm writing a book. And that's when I started to get more into structure, creating chapters and flow. And really that book is kind of a culmination of a lot of things I learned through reading and personal development, personal experiences, but the power of gratitude and um, to tap into your intuition. And um, I guess, yeah, that's really how the book came to me.
1: Did When you were on the plane, you said 2017. Right. Was that before you walked away from corporate? You After. were still in your corporate gig?
0: No. So I quit corporate June of 2017. Okay. In August, I went to Bali. So gotcha. it was a couple months later. And then it took nearly a year of writing and editing and the whole publishing process to publish the book. But this was all post quitting my job.
1: Got you. I'm going to jump around here a little bit. What you just said kind of helps us tee up before we started recording what I, what I wanted to talk about. And that's you. You, you had had your cookie cutter life um, for about ten years, and you you make it sound like for most part. You, there were always some questions. Is, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is there more to life? It, there might not have been a specific event that t- said, I'm out of here. But you were always, there's got to be more for me. I'm capable of more. The reason I said it that way is we're in a black swan event right now, with maybe maybe more than one, between the what's so unfortunate that's happening in Ukraine, which is unbelievable, the, and you mentioned this on your podcast, the economy, inflation, all of that kind of thing. I'm thinking this type of environment is causing a lot of people to do not unlike what you did, but it's an event or two that now has them saying, you know, is there more to life than what I'm doing right now? Are you finding that in your consulting business?
0: So for sure. And I actually had a guest on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he said, and I loved this, he did a year-long coaching program. He's in the same space, but a little bit different content. And apparently 2021 was kind of known as the Great Resignation. I, I was unaware of this, but the Great Resignation. So a lot of people walked away from jobs and relationships and different things that are no longer serving them. And what I have heard and I agree and believe with is the last two years, this is about a great awakening.
1: Hmm.
0: And kind of how I think of it as, and what I describe when you go through that quote, American dream that has been conditioned and programmed into us, I think of it as a boring ass box. It is, it's a box, it's a limitation, this very Limited view and perspective of how life could be, and now that so many people have laptop lifestyles, can work from a remote remote, left a corporate job to start their own business, so many more people are waking up and realizing our unlimited potential, what's available to us and, and taking that leap of faith
1: mm. you know I, got, I have to be careful here <coughs> that I never intend to slam corporate America or private enterprise, because it's so important to our our country, our economy, all with the greatest economy on the planet. And were it not for corporate America, almost all of those companies started with some single entrepreneur, by the way, and all of a sudden over time, it turns into something real significant. That said, the career opportunities in many of those companies aren't what someone's looking for. And while they're involved in the day-to-day pursuit and or struggles of this opportunity they have, they find themselves questioning. So that, so again, I don't mean to slam in any way corporate America. It's just far too important for us. Your, your book, one of the things, go ahead.
0: Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but no, I, I agree. And I am not bashing corporate America. There are plenty of people that thrive in it and they love it. But I am talking to those people that are in the shoes that I was in going through life's motions. And I love this. A girlfriend of mine who's looking to leave her job. Um, she's, she's been a teacher for, well, since we graduated college, so like 15 years. But she said more or less this meme she sent me is I, To go to work for somebody else for five days to get a 48 hour break, that's not the life for me. So those are the people I'm talking to. Sure.
1: And by the way, you addressed that in your book, you had wonderful people that you worked with. They treated you wonderfully during, and then as you left. So it, it was, it just wasn't for you, but you had a great place. In your book, you have 36 chapters. I love it because it's a quick read, it's great information. And I'm not going to go into all the chapters because one of the things I want people to do is go buy the book because I think it will really be helpful. And like you, I have read so many, uh, self-improvement, self-development, motivational, what you name it. I've read so many of them and I really liked how you structured yours. So I just want to talk about, a, in fact, I'm going to start with, I think the only billionaire author on the planet today, J.K. Rowling. You had a quote from her. And then I had to do a little research because I knew a little bit, but not as much as I learned during the research. The quote you have was, rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. And so, I, and by the way, I haven't read one of her books. My wife, my daughters, they've read them. I have not read one, watched a couple of the movies. She, she's incredibly talented. Just not, that's not the stuff I read. It's nothing against her. She's really quite successful. I had no idea that this 56 year old person, when she was in her mid 20s, was broke. She was a single parent, she was jobless. She she makes the statement that I was everything but homeless. I had no idea that this person in such a short period of time really became an icon in storytelling, publishing, and, and movie making. Yeah. So thanks for putting that in. We're not for the quote. I don't know that I would have known that about her. What caused you to put that quote in there?
0: Okay, so I love quotes. And again, this is this is fascinating to me because if we go back to because a lot of people are seeking, you know, their passion, their purpose, what are they supposed to be doing? And what I want to offer you is go back to childhood or think about what comes to you naturally that you love doing. Since I was a young girl, I wanted to be a teacher. And now I'm in a space of teaching through podcasting and coaching. I could have never imagined this because I thought teaching was K through 12. And then back, (laughs) this is going to date me a little bit, but when we first got internet, so I was in the eighth grade and we had AOL dial-up days back then. Do you remember we used to get those chain emails? They were really annoying, but pass this to 20 of your friends and a lot of those chain emails were quotes. Well, I started a quote book back then in the eighth grade and I used to print off those emails and, and cut those quotes. I love quotes. And now I'm like a walking quote book. And so you know, whatever the search was. And, and for that chapter, I was searching for quotes and that one just resonated with me. And that's why I put it in the book.
1: Mm. And you have great quotes in there, by the way. Something I should have asked you a couple minutes ago, when you were in the process of making the decision, there's more to life for me. There's more for life for me. And I've, I've got to do something about it. I'm assuming you had, like most of us would, you have conversations with people, sometimes just to bounce what you have in your mind off of somebody, sometimes to get advice. I'm going to assume that you had some people that said, why would you do that? But what are you thinking? Are you sure that's what you want to do? And I call those unintentional dream stealers. Did yeah. you have some of those people in your life that said, are you sure that's what you want to do?
0: I'm trying to think back. I come from very supportive parents. And my dad, who very much he's conditioned, he worked one job in a union his entire life until he retired. That's just what he knows. So he believes stability of paycheck benefits come from a job. And so I'm sure he was kind of like, oh, Heather, what in the world are you doing? But I have very supportive parents. And here's ultimately how I talked myself into it. I went to the worst case scenario, and I was like, the worst case scenario, if I quit my job, I have skills and experience in the background. I can always get another one. That was my worst case scenario. And the whole YOLO, right, you only live once, was kind of my motivator that – why don't I go try this thing? Go live in that city you want to live in. Go if you want to live by the beach, go live by the beach. Stop waiting for you retirement or or to get permission from somebody. So I don't specifically remember anybody. Maybe some coworkers at the time, like Heather. Why why would you leave this job? But those, I, you know, I'm not here to impress anybody, and I don't need anybody else's permission. Hmm.
1: Another way to ask the question because I'm just always curious about what drives people, what could sometimes prevent them from doing it in terms of a roadblock. When you started your previous career, before, unless it was an automatic, I mean, immediate, before you started thinking, there's more to life forever. What was it that you wanted that career or life to become before you exited corporate? So ultimately,
0: I think what you're getting at is kind of what was that catalyst? And for me, it was I was engaged to be married. I had all the things I was that were supposed to make me happy, right? I climbed the corporate ladder. I was making good money. I owned a home. I got to travel. I'm engaged to be married. I had all the things, and I was still not happy. And that was my own wake-up call. That was my, quote, rock bottom. And that's when I walked away from the relationship two months before our, our wedding date. I hired my first coach. Um, the year following because I was seeking guidance and, you know, what, what creating a vision for my own life. And so it was multiple things to realize I wanted more than monotony.
1: So you took yourself out of a comfort zone. And I want to talk about comfort zones for a minute because (laughs) moments ago you said you came from a very supportive family Here's what your dad did your your parents were very, very supportive and they were very comfortable in what they were doing. So you're you know we're all products of our environment which you were to a degree. I, I, here's how I always look at comfort zones. They're, they're comfortable and I, some some of us are just not supposed to be comfortable and some of us won't be comfortable. We'll either take ourselves out or we'll get blown out right? Well, you kind of blew yourself up. Every, life was really, really comfortable.
0: Yeah. It was-
1: Did you have any fear when oh, you were blowing yourself out of the comfort zone?
0: A lot of it. And actually, that's one of my favorite quotes in the book is to let fear fuel you, not rule you. And that is something that is planted in the back of my mind. And actually, I've gotten to the point. Physiologically, whether it's fear or excitement, we go through the same physical experiences so maybe sweaty palms shortness of breath tightness in the chest we experience the exact same thing fear or excitement but it's perspective that's everything and i have learned when i get those butterflies in my stomach when i kind of like my stomach drops and i'm kind of like oh shoot i go towards that thing because number one then it no longer has power over you but number two that's where the true growth is. If you stay corralled in your comfort zone where everything is predictable and known, you're not even going to know what else is out there and available to you. And so again, that comes from limitation in the perspective. And so I, I just want to offer people, you know, if, if you always live in a one bedroom apartment, because that's comfortable, but what's available to you, if you wanted it is a mansion don't you want to go experience other things?
1: Hmm. Are you are you competitive? Very. Very. Have you always been competitive? Very. So I've got to ask you this question. And this is not a slam, but it's an observation I have. We're living at a time where we're starting to condition kids when they're young. That participation is okay, not necessarily achievement. We get participation awards, participation medals, and I, I, I believe we were born to compete in many ways. Life is life is competitive. Sometimes life is a blood sport, I, and I shouldn't say it that way, but life can be a rude awakening from time to time, and. There are times we have to energize, my opinion, that inner competitive spirit and juice that we have for us to be as good and pro- productive and excellent as possible. Would you agree with that?
0: Mm, sort of. So I believe in collaboration over competition. And I'm the only person I'm competing against, honestly, is myself. hmm because otherwise honestly a competitive mindset comes from fear lack scarcity there's not enough and this comes from conditioning think about you know Darwinian theory survival of the fittest so we we have that seed planted in us that there's not enough I have to be the strongest fastest whatever for me the competitive mindset is you know that's how I ran a marathon and how I, I love the power of mindset that I get to experience through physical feats. But I'm not competing against another coach in my industry. I'm not competing against another author because I know that my content is going to reach the people that it's meant to. So in that space, I'm just competing against myself. Mm -hmm. There's nobody else.
1: So you're, you're, I agree with what you just said, by the way. So you're, you're setting your own, benchmarks, your own goals. And and we never should measure ourselves against somebody else because there's always always somebody else that probably is more successful than us. So share with us without giving away secrets or people should be hiring you for this, by the way. Share with us how you go about your own processing and strategy for setting your new goals after you achieve the 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 previous one.
0: So for me, it's not because that's the thing. People get stuck in this mindset of this achieving thing and that I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I get promoted. I'll be happy when I get a bigger house. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy. So if you're always sending this benchmark of you'll be happy when you are chasing a never ending target. So instead, for me, it's not about benchmarks. For me, it's about experiences. And so I just, I want to experience the next thing. I am happy, fulfilled, and content exactly where I am because I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to. But this has taken a lot of time and a lot of reconditioning, a lot of paradigm shifting because, again, we're conditioned to that. The next thing, right? And so for me, it's even, you know, what's next? I ran a marathon And then I did a triathlon because I wanted, you know, swimming, running, and biking. But it's not about goal and achievement. It's just about new experiences and growth opportunities.
1: One of your quotes in your book, thanks for sharing that, is you're you're not here to be average. You're here to be awesome. So help me understand and help us understand when, based on what you just said, is it the experiences then that help us? Grow to be beyond average and become more awesome? That it's a collection of experiences and new experiences?
0: So, I believe that we all are here on a journey. There is no destination. And if you realize that, if you realize that life is just a journey and the next experience, and that your desires have come to you for a reason, you are meant to live at the beach or start a business, or have a family, or you know have a successful YouTube channel. Whatever your desire is, that is coming through you. I believe that we are spiritual beings having human experiences. And this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be our playground. But we got stuck into... This fear mentality, because we can come from love or fear. That's it. There are two choices. We've gotten stuck in this fear mentality, and that's where competition, struggle, efforting, everything comes from, which we can see in plain sight, right? There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of dis-ease in our society. But that's not who we are at our core.
1: When you left your previous career, became – the entrepreneur that you are. You had mentioned that you became connected to an online community of female entrepreneurs and you kind of built a significant relationship with at least one of them. When, when, when you did that, was that a kind of a sem- seminal moment for you Where you reached out, find people that were doing something similar to you, and then did you zero in on a particular person that could help you grow in the way that you wanted to grow?
0: So that group that you're talking about, that was one of the first online mastermind groups that I joined. And that group was all about how to kick your nine to five. So all of us women were there. So number one, I'm surrounding myself with like-minded people with a shared goal and interest. And we were all there to go through this process of creating, getting clarity, creating our vision, what would life look like? And yes, I, um, those girls, some of them have been on my podcast. I've got to meet them in person because we are from all over, mainly the US and Canada. But it is, you know, there's a book out there that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with a hundred percent true because the people you spend the most time with, you're accepting their beliefs and their truths, their perspectives. And so it is about growing. And I love this quote, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room.
1: Mm -hmm. You also mentioned priorities in in your book. When when you're taking, let me me back up and ask you a different way. With regards to priorities and these goals, which are really um, experiences for you, how do you go through the process of taking personal inventory to make sure that you're tracking the way you want to track?
0: Okay, so let me get this straight. Are you asking what is my process or maybe daily rituals to stay forward-focused to achieve what I'm after?
1: I guess that would be one way of looking. at I, I always like to use uh, something I learned from my dad. Make sure that from every time to time you pause to take inventory to see how you're tracking against the, the, your goals and what you want to accomplish, places that you have real strengths, th- things that are weaknesses and you can't do a lot about them. You want to minimize them. And then if you de- do take that kind of inventory, how does that work into and I love the way you have your priorities lined up in your book, by the way. How does that match up to your priority uh, structure that you address in your book?
0: Okay. So what came to mind the number one thing, which I speak about often is called the thought cycle. It's a four-step process and I love to reverse engineer. I have a very analytical, logical mind, but because of that, I do a lot of mindfulness practices, meditation, journaling, walking in nature to connect the mind-body connection. Because if we're just in our conscious mind, you know that's living in stress and survival mode. So you need to drop down into the heart space. But to answer that, so this thought cycle that I talk about, it's that our thoughts create our emotions and feelings. Those lead to the actions or inactions we take in life and ultimately our results. So what I'm able to do using this easy four-step process is if I'm currently not where I want to be in my health or my finances or my business or my relationships, it doesn't matter what area of life, I can look at that and go, man, this is I'm not where I want to be. I'm not satisfied or I'm just like, I know there's more. Well, then I back it up and like, well, what actions have I been taking? And this is where you can you know, really hone in and shine the light. Are you procrastinating? Are your limiting beliefs, you know, your self-saboteurs? Is that what's taking over? Well, back it up even further. What emotions and feelings have you been having? Back it up to the initial point, your thoughts. So when you're having self-doubt or you're impatient or feeling insecure or unworthy, that is going to create unwanted results in your life. So I use that to, you know, this really comes down to, if I had to say one word, awareness. And I'm extremely self-aware. I fall off track too, let me tell you, because whatever the teacher teaches, I feel like they need it most. But when I fall off track, it's for a very short period where, where other people might fall off track for days and weeks and then it momentum into months, right? And then they just are in a really bad place. You know, like let's say health, now they've gained 60 pounds. Now they're 60 pounds overweight. When if they had just nipped it in the bud at 10 pounds, it'd be much easier to fix. So, anyway, using this thought cycle process, I'm able to be more mindful, intentional, present. I have my morning rituals. I just, I've created a lot of structure and routine in my life to be a conscious creator so that I don't go on autopilot so that I don't fall back to bad habits and negative beliefs. If that answers your question.
1: It does. Thank you. Okay. So June of 2017, you walked away from corporate and began starting your own business. Well, three years later, we have COVID. So you're still really new in your business in a lot of ways. How did that impact your, your business?
0: Man, that was my time to shine. And I remember saying when it first happened, I was, I literally said, and probably this was in a Facebook post or something. Thank God I had as many years as I had in the personal development space to understand the power of mindset because... Here's the thing. And that was so important in early 2020 in March, April, May, when that was first going on to focus only on what you can control. And the only thing that I could control at that time. And even now is me, my thoughts, my feelings, not down spiraling. This is when um, I turned my garage into a gym since gym shut down. Being physical and and having that morning routine of fitness, that is what gets my head right. So I I literally went on Marketplace and I bought a bunch of stuff and my gym became a garage. And so it's all about the only constant is change and you have to be adaptive and innovative. And so, like I said, that was my time to shine and really put into place all the things I had learned.
1: Hmm. Prior to, I think it was March 17th, something like that, where it all pretty much came to a screeching halt. Was most of your uh, recruiting and coaching and teaching and prospecting, was most of that in environments where it was face-to-face or or were you already doing a lot of Zoom and uh, teams meeting uh, at the time?
0: Not so in that regard. Not a lot changed for me because I was already working from home. You know, I had been at home on my own since 2017. Um, but because there wasn't that social interaction and going out and you know creating that own monotony and mundane lifestyle, living at home and not really being able to leave, that was tough. But that's why it's like, okay, what can I do in this situation? And at that point. Most of 2020, it, it, I kind of just hung out with my parents who live an hour away. And so I, at least I had that, a way to get out somewhere to go. But overall, my business was already set up for what most people are doing today.
1: Hmm. That's, that's a blessing. I mean, it was, it was really a blessing. And you're right. Sometimes we have a tendency to try to control things that have zero, zero capability in our hands to control. And that's, that's a habit I've had from time to time. And uh, life is a lot easier when you start realizing you focus your time and energy on things you can actually actually control.
0: I have to say on that note, actually, because I love quotes, right? I had a guest, these two men from Canada, um, the Journeyman Collective, and I loved this quote. 2020 was our Prime opportunity. Their quote was, If you can't go out, go in. Mm-hmm. So that was the time to meditate, connect within, because our guidance, everything we need is inside of us. And we're so conditioned to looking outside of us in a personal trainer, in a diet, in a quick fix when it's all within. And so that was you know, more or less the universe said, all right, you guys aren't getting this. We're literally going to lock down and you can't go anywhere. So this is the time.
1: Hmm. Let me ask you this question because I, I believe there are a lot of people that feel somewhat trapped and out of fear, maybe, fear of the unknown. They really don't know what they should do. So if you had a magic wand, you could wave over the heads of folks that are, are in some type of a career, career path, but they really feel trapped. What's the one thing you'd want them to know?
0: Okay. So this is easy, actually. The mind is the cause of every effect in our life. And if you really understand that, here's a visual I like to talk about, that the mind is a garden. So whatever seeds you plant, which are your thoughts, and that you fertilize, which you keep thinking, you're going to reap what you sow. So if you have this constant story that you're trapped, well, you need to rewrite the story. And I love this. Um, I'm not quite sure the author of it, but that we are the author, director, and producer of our movie. You can rewrite the script anytime you want. And sure, there's going to be unknowns. If you're in a corporate job and and you're 40 or 50, or even if you're in your 30s and you're like, this isn't what I want, go do something else. And so I think it's really just about, it's trying new things. And the quote from earlier, to let fear fuel you, not rule you. You also, you know, you get a feed, you get a, every single moment you can feed fear or faith. So which one are you pumping? Are you pumping that fear muscle or are you pumping faith and trusting and believing you will be guided and resources you need will come your way? You have the choice.
1: Heather, in your book, you have a quote. I don't remember the author of it. and Maybe it was you, I'm not sure. If your plan doesn't work, Uh, change the plan, not the goal.
0: Yes.
1: And I think based on what we just were talking about, this is a perfect time to talk about that a little bit because in the scenario we're talking about, somebody is in a career that, that, that it's just not working, right, for whatever reason. And they might have a specific goal, but the, here it is, the plan. The plan isn't working. Change the, change the plan.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, or is that oversimplifying it?
0: No, I love this one. You know, what's the one quote that um, something about if you make a plan and, and God laughs at you more or less? I'll share a personal experience because I think that's easier to understand. My plan was that I would be married by twenty five, I would have children by twenty eight. That was my life vision. I'm currently thirty six, and neither of those have happened. However, the goal is still there. I still want to be married and have a family. But now I can see in hindsight, which is always 2020, right? I can now see that I had to go through this journey and these experiences that I had to, to become the person I am today. Because had I married at 25, I know I would have been divorced because the men that I were after back then art would not be on the path I am today. I know that. Even the guy that I was engaged to and he is not a bad guy. We just it wasn't the right match. And so again that is just trusting you you are where you're meant to be, but you're right. You might need to change the plan. You might need to rewrite the script, but you can still have that vision whatever it may be for you. But again, are you feeding fear or faith? Do you believe it can happen for you? Or do you think you're unworthy, not capable, too old, not experienced? What is the story you're telling yourself?
1: Curious about this type of a, and maybe you already have them, a prospective client. What about those folks that are in a current vocation, a current corporate opportunity, who have entrepreneurial skills? They might not want to leave, but they want to be able to better provide for their company, themselves, and their coworkers by being uh, in a in a way a, a better entrepreneur. Do you get people like that as well as, as clients?
0: I haven't specifically had that, but I think in that scenario, depending on your company, if the company culture is all about that, then voice your opinion and bring your ideas to the table. And if not, then that's when a lot of people start their, quote, side hustle. Start that side gig that you love while you have the stability of the corporate nine to five. Do your thing nights and weekends because if that's what fuels you and lights you up, go do that thing.
1: Yeah. Heather, I'm old enough to remember there was a time that almost any employer would frown upon any of their employees being involved in anything outside of the business. That, that was just the way corporate culture was for the longest time. I'm not exactly sure what, and in fact, you'd sign letters of agreement, work agreements that you would not be involved in out, uh, work outside of the, the corporation. Uh, And and not just because you would be a potential competitor, but they didn't. They want you focused on being, you know, an employee forever. And that side hustle thing is—I mean, it's just absolutely huge. And some of the most unique entrepreneurial guests that I've had, by the way, are people that are doing things in a side hustle. Some of them eventually become. This is this. They break away, and their side hustle becomes something so significant. Well, and I bring it up because we're living in a time where I think that's embraced now. And if it isn't, it should be. If, if you're an HR or you're a chief operating officer of some organization, you should embrace side hustles because I think those people probably add far more to your corporate culture than not. My, my two cents, by the way. So you write this book. And again, I'm going to take the leap. How I Quit Corporate and Found My Happy Place. I'm going to suggest you read it. It's a great book. When's the next one coming out?
0: Funny you ask. So this is not something I push. I didn't in that first book. I I never sat down and forced myself to write. When the inspiration came, I wrote. And it was very flow. It flowed through me and it was easy. I have started another book, but um, it's not something that is priority on top of my list, but I, I do. I, I have one started. The draft has begun, and um, I'm just I'm kind of seeing where that takes me when the time is right.
1: Heather, I think a lot of people want to be like you. I think a lot of people want to be Heather. What, what is your typical day like?
0: If people want to be like Heather, that simply means they want time and financial freedom. And yes, I would say that most people are seeking that. So a typical day for me is, you know, what ultimately became priority for me is I wanted control of my schedule. If I want to chase a snowstorm on a Wednesday and, and go snowboard and powder, I wanted that ability. If I want to work remote and, you know, live in Mexico for a few weeks, I wanted that ability. So for me, currently, the I wake up and the first thing I do is a guided meditation because that gets my mind right. Then I take care of my pup and I go straight to the gym because for me that, I, well, I love listening to podcasts and, and watching YouTubes. But again, that, that's my self-care practice that's getting my headspace. I'm very mindful and intentional. Then I start my day and the rest of my day is coaching and media interviews and podcasting and creating content. And that's what I love doing. And again, remember this came from as a little girl, my dad built me a playhouse when I was seven years old and I was always the teacher to my brother and my cousins. I tortured them, but I loved it back then. And so I would just, I want to say to anybody listening that you have the same passion and dream and desire within you, whatever that looks like, but follow those cookie crumbs and whatever brings you joy, do more of that
1: i ask you another magic wand question. It's somewhat similar, but I, I think it will take a little bit more than one second to think about it. So now you're going to wave a magic wand over the heads of the same people. They, they are in a corporate setting. They may or may not be frustrated. They may or may not have an interest in saying kind of what you did. Screw it. I'm going to go do this. But they're comfortable. What's the one thing you want them to know about the dangers of comfort zones?
0: Well, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. So I personally know people, a friend of mine, he's successful and engineer for an aerospace company in Denver. But he's going through life's motions. He's very comfortable going through his nine-to-five doesn't like his job, you know, literally going through life's motions. So what I would say for those people that are comfortable, like this will do. Do you want to get, not to be dark, but do you want to get to your deathbed and be like, man, and look back and play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game? You know, that you had this one time to, that you can have be and do anything you want and that you settled for this will do. That's my question. That's the question I would ask.
1: Hmm. I think that's a great way to look at it, going back to what I learned from my father. And you really address it really well in your book, by the way. Uh, There are times we'll take a self-inventory. We'll take a look at what we've done, what we're doing, where we're going. And for some of us at some point in time, it might be too late. And life's too short. Sometimes it seems long. Life's too short to have very much regret, right? Especially at especially at the end, where you said what well, could have, should have. In fact, you said in your book, "I hope I say this right." Better an "oops" than a "what if." Ah, uh, yeah. I mean that was just beautifully done. Was that an original quote? Uh,
0: gosh, I don't remember. <laughs> But I I agree. I love that. And and it's not even a whoops. Like, um, I hate the word failure. And I love this acronym for it, first attempt and learning. Nothing is a failure. If you've been married and divorced multiple times, your first and second whatever marriages, they were not failures. Those were experiences that where you got to learn, hopefully grow, and do better the next time. But nothing is a fail. Nothing is a failure.
1: Well, you coach people. As a passion, a career for a living, how do you want people to contact you, Heather? Uh,
0: the best place would be my website. It's heatherhakes.com. And I, I do, I offer free video training and I offer a free discovery call because I want to work with people that are ready to do the work. And in that call, we, you know, I help you understand where you're at and if my coaching program is right for you. So heatherhakes.com is the best place.
1: We'll also have that on MikeSeminary.com. You also have an Instagram account. You have a YouTube channel. You have a great podcast. Let me ask you a couple of questions about your podcast. When did you start it?
0: I started it December of 2017.
1: Oh, and is it every week?
0: I drop two episodes every week. So I just released episode 410.
1: Man, that will keep you really busy.
0: Yeah. Just that. But I love doing it. I love doing it. So
1: 410. And you are you ever thirsty for content or it just comes to you?
0: Never. So on Mondays is when I release an episode. It's a solo podcast of me and Wednesdays is when I've interviewed somebody and I'm I mean I'm currently backlogged like 3 months mm. for guests. So, nope, n- never.
1: Certainly, anyway, I loved how you addressed the current affairs uh, recently. Uh, you know, about the only thing we can do, if if you're a praying type of person, is you can pray for people and pray for outcomes for folks. But short of that, there's not a lot we could do to change what's happening in Washington. There's almost nothing we can change. What's happening in the geopolitical theater elsewhere. Uh, but what we can change is how we take care of ourselves, decisions that we make to become a better person, to I love how you say it, to have uh, more experiences because more experiences make us a uh, more around, around a, a, a person, and great contributor to society. So you left corporate job in uh, June 2nd of 2017. You're five years into this deal for all practical purposes. Two questions. Okay. In terms of learning experiences, what's the thing that gives you the greatest thrill when you look back over the most five, the past five years, and what's the one thing you would say I might want to have done that one just a little differently?
0: So, what I like to say about entrepreneurship is that it is personal development on steroids. I've ha- had to face a lot of self-doubt and imposter syndrome. Who am I to do this? You know, um, But it's been the perfect opportunity to face those things. And I think the biggest thrill, I have gotten to connect with people globally through podcasting. And I love connecting with like-minded people, sharing new perspectives. And I just feel really in alignment, which is a key word for me. And I I love what I do. And that's that's a good place to be.
1: HeatherHakes.com. H-E-A-T-H-E-R-H-A-K-E-S.com. Her podcast is Mind Over Matter. Her book, I would encourage you to read it. Whether you become an entrepreneur or not, this is just great personal development stuff. Take the leap how I quit corporate and found my happy place. She's on Instagram, Heather.Hakes. What else should we know about you, Heather?
0: Mike, I feel like I need to hire you as my literary agent, my PR. And um, yeah, no, I think you really covered it. My Instagram is my favorite platform and um, YouTube channel because I love doing video.
1: Yeah. We'll have to do this again sometime. I sure appreciate you coming. I know you're awfully busy. Oh, so here's a question I should ask you. Here's how we came to have this, for me, a blessing today, visiting with Heather Higgs. I think I saw you on Instagram, I think. And I saw that you are an author, podcaster. I looked at the book. I think I sent you a message. I'm going to read the book. And then would you consider coming on my podcast? And here we are. So is that technically stalking or am I actually, am I like a gold miner? I'm mining for opportunities. Is that what a, I'm not stalking, right? I'm mining for opportunities.
0: No, you obviously, you tripped, you know, you came across my content for a reason, which led you to the book. And um, I think similar to you, I've had people on my podcast that... Either I heard of them through somebody else's content, I came across their YouTube channel. So I think it's very known, and and that's just how we connect these days.
1: Thank you. I appreciate
0: it.
1: (laughs) Heather, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me.